Welcome to Planning for the Certainty of Uncertainty podcast with Jonathan Cutton, Private Wealth Advisor, 2019 Barron's Hall of Fame Advisor, 2022 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisor, and CEO of Cutton Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. This podcast offers a broad range of financial planning concepts to help you and your loved ones live brilliantly now and in the future. Jonathan will provide you with concepts that bring you confidence, simplicity, and success on your journey to financial and retirement security. Join us as we explore ways to help you feel more assured, connected, and in control of your financial life. Now, on to the show. Welcome to another Planning for the Certainty of Uncertainty podcast with Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, John Cutton. I'm your co-host, Matt Halloran. In the last podcast, when we talked about really who does Cutton Wealth Management provide great value to, one of the things that John brought up was this idea of good leadership skills. So today, we are going to dive into the importance of these leadership skills and how you can use those or your advisor should use those to help you achieve more positive outcomes. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Happy to be here again. How are you? I'm well, and I'm excited because this is a weird conversation. It's not a normal conversation that most financial services professionals would have. I think they think that they are leaders or or have leadership skills in their clients' lives, but it's not a primary thought. It's kind of like a secondary or tertiary or even farther back thought but that's not the way it is for you. So where did this come from? Do you mind if we start there? Yeah, sure, Matt. I grew up here at Ameriprise. I was part of the leadership team early in my career. I told this, you know, and I think in our opening podcast, I was lucky enough to have amazing mentors who were amazing leaders and made me a leader. And I actually ran a whole office and, you know, led lots of advisors and staff, et cetera. So it always gave me a little bit of a different lens. And I think a lot of financial advisors and I think a lot of potential consumers out there who either work with or have considered working with a financial advisor, I think they look at a financial advisor as someone who can help them get a better rate of return on their investments. And to me, Matt, the definition of leadership is the ability to influence someone to do something that they would not do without you, right? The definition of leadership is the ability to influence someone to do something that they would not do without you. And I look at the role of a financial advisor as just that, because when you think about it, Matt, we've got this saying in the office, I'll ask you the question, Matt, if I gave you the option to choose between comfort and discomfort, what would you choose? Comfort. Comfort. Yeah. 97% of people, that 3% worry me a little bit, but say, (laughs) say comfort, right? The next question I'd ask you is if you could choose between comfort and growth, what would you choose? I would choose, I would choose growth, right? I absolutely every time. And that's pretty much what most people would tell you as well. Hiring a financial advisor, learning about stocks or bonds or mutual funds, saving for your future, doing a budget, having someone pry into your financial life, giving all that transparency to another human being that you might not know that well. Does that sound comfortable? (laughs) No, it doesn't at all. And this is the skill set 
of a really good financial advisor is the ability to lead another human being or another couple through that uncomfortable scenario. Does that make some sense? It, it does. Now, just for my own edification here, I mean, these aren't superhuman people. I mean, your advisors, the people, 80 people who work for your organization, they're, they're still human. How do they maintain that emotional fortitude, which is really what it is, that mental fortitude to stay in that position, especially when things get difficult? It comes, Matt, from role perception, right? Understanding what your role is as a financial advisor. And I don't want to disparage others in the industry, of course, but I would say the financial planning industry has many advisors who are really order takers. Their their clients tell them what they want done and they do it. Or they'll say, here's something I might suggest you do. To me, that's not leadership right? Again, leadership is influence. So understanding what someone wants and ultimately needs, and then influencing them to make good decisions, even when it's hard to do, that are in their best interest is a skill set, right? Emotionally competent, emotional competence, Matt, is a word that we talk a lot about in our office and something we spend a lot of time training our advisors on. So there's a whole, we've got a coach who actually coaches our organization, who is an expert in what's known as behavioral finance, right? Which is really the study of why do people do what they do? A mentor of mine, love to give him credit, his name is Doug Lenick, has this great saying, and he says that investors can't tell the difference between a bear market and a bear in the woods. Can't tell the difference between a bear market and a bear in the woods. Your body and your brain has the same reaction because you're scared if you see a bear in the woods and you're scared if you see the the stock market and your portfolio drop 20, 30, 40%. And your body's chemistry changes and that creates emotion. And when you have emotion, Matt, that's when you generally make poor decisions. If you're not emotionally competent or you don't actually surround yourself with leaders who can help you make good decisions when it's actually hard to do it. Well, let's go there. The idea of it's not timing the market, it's time in the markets, right? It's a a quote I've heard from many people before. And when things do get crazy, how does your leadership team, how do your advisors and your team members support each other to make sure that they are staying the course and staying invested? Because that's a big leadership component to make sure that people are following the plan. The first key is you actually have to have a plan, right? And it has to be a smart plan. So a really big part of what we do, and you'll hear this as a theme over and over and over through our podcast, is planning, right? Understanding the client's goals, understanding their risk tolerance. And the real key, Matt, is as long as you have goals attached to money, you will always have a smart place to get money regardless of the situation. So when you practice a sound money management philosophy, 
you always have adequate buckets in three different buckets, right? So one is what I'll call the liquid short-term bucket, which is for immediate needs, emergencies, depending on the client situation, that could be anywhere from six months to three years of committed expenses on average, sometimes more, sometimes less, right? The second bucket is for intermediate goals. And this, again, in a short-term bucket, this is where you're gonna have things like cash, cash equivalent, CDs, et cetera. In an intermediate bucket is a place where you'll have a smart place to get money when necessary, say over a two to seven year period of time. And that's gonna be things like high quality bonds, municipal bonds, government bonds, bond funds, et cetera. There's some fluctuation, right? And it can go down and it does at times. And then the third bucket is our long-term money. And that could be for retirement or college. And this is generally where you're gonna see equity investments, stock investments and mutual funds and exchange traded funds, et cetera. So what we take our clients through is building out a process for them. And it's different for every person as to how much they should have in each and every one of those buckets. Now, the mistake, Matt, a lot of people make is they all wanna go to bucket three. Right. But you can't go to bucket three, there's an order. First, you need to, to figure out how to get enough in bucket one. Once you have an ample amount in bucket one, you can then move to bucket two. And then once you have an ample amount in bucket two, we can then move to bucket three. What do most Americans do? They go right to bucket three and they live paycheck to paycheck and they have no liquidity. And then when something bad happens, they lose their job, they get sick, they're disabled, there's a stock market disruption, there's a global pandemic, right? They have a problem, right? So when you really think about it, to me, it's about having that sound, man that sound money management philosophy, always having a smart place to ultimately get money. When you do that and you and your client are aligned, when I'm aligned with my client, we're on the same page and we have goal-based advice and every dollar they have is attached to a goal, it's a lot easier to make non-emotional decisions when things are highly emotional. Okay, I, I need you to, to put this into a reality for me, all right? Tell me, without using a client's name, a, a story of a client who because of the leadership that your firm showed, the planning, those three buckets, the discipline, the behavioral finance education, that you helped somebody not make a big mistake. Absolutely. I mean, I can share with you, Matt, I've got dozens and dozens and dozens of stories just from this past year. Yeah. We saw, right, in, through the pandemic in March of this past year, an incredible correction in the stock market. There is a word called capitulation, right? We use the word capitulation in the industry. And capitulation is a point where investors start to throw their hands in the air and wave them like they just don't care. No, I'm kidding. Uh, they, they, they throw their hands in the air and they give up and they go, I can't take it anymore. Get me out, right? I cannot take it. The market's going to go to zero. The world is ending. And it felt that way quickly, right, through the pandemic. So what was interesting, as an aside, around this pandemic is things happened so quickly in this bear market that people didn't have time to go through kind of all of the cycles. It went from greed because the market was doing amazing 
to like capitulation in three weeks and we were at a bottom pretty much, right? Or maybe it was a little longer than three weeks, but you get the gist there. The, the reality of it is I can share with you, Matt, we probably got no less than a hundred as a firm emails and cards and phone calls and handwritten letters from clients telling us, thank you. Thank you for having a plan in place. Thank you for being there for us. And we actually rebalanced a big portion of clients' assets as that was going on, primarily because every one of our clients had a sound money management philosophy in place and understood that they were in a spot that they had a smart place to get money. And that's actually the key to that. So I'll tell you something, Matt, that we did that I'm really, really proud of. We wrote handwritten cards to every one of our clients. Literally, I had people who work in my firm telling me that their hand is cramping and they can't write any more cards. But we wrote handwritten cards to every single client as this was all going on, letting them know we're here. We don't think there's a need to panic. If they need to talk, we're a phone call away. And if anything, this is an opportunity to rebalance and consider if it's right in their particular situation to reallocate, right, their portfolio and rebalance, et cetera. Some clients said, no, thank you. Sure. I'm not ready. Many said, yes, let's do it. And we're handsomely rewarded today for doing that. I know it wasn't a particular example, but literally there's dozens and dozens of them that I could have given. But you did tee me up very, very well with my last question today, which is part of great leadership happens because you are able to influence, as you had said right at the top of the show, people to do things that they normally wouldn't do without you. And and I think of some of the greatest coaches, and I'm sure through your career as an athlete and with your kids playing lacrosse and just the life experiences that you remember those coaches that were real leaders. And I joke that my old varsity soccer coach could show up today and say, Halloran, you're, we're running two miles. And I would probably try. I wouldn't make it. Two miles, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a quarter of a mile? Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing two miles. You're absolutely right. But that's what you're you're teaching your advisors as the leader of the organization to provide that sort of leadership. And, And I've heard advisors use this word before, which is that they train their clients. All right. And I think that could have a very negative connotation uh, in some examples, but not in yours, because that's what leaders do. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I think train can be taken uh, offensively as well, right? But I think about it as communication times 10. Okay. People, human beings need to hear the same thing 10 times more than you think they need to until it actually resonates and sinks in. That sounds harsh, perhaps, right? But when we meet with our clients, our meetings are around their goals. Our meetings are around their risk tolerance. Our meetings are around what's changed in their life and their core values. What we constantly talk about is making decisions in alignment with clients' core values. And when you get to really know your client, and what they're looking for and set things up correctly, you just need to keep reminding them over and over and over again 
that we have a plan in place. This is why we have these three buckets. This is why we have X amount in stocks and bonds, et cetera. And if nothing's changed, regardless of the noise, regardless of the market, regardless of everything else out there, there's no need generally to change the plan unless circumstances have changed in your life and your goals have changed. I know that sounds really simple, but that's the beautiful thing, Matt, about leadership and about working with clients. It isn't all of the complicated minutiae and detail and the jargon in our industry that matters. It's straightforward, common sense, simple, basic things that when we do it with clients, it's not, they don't go, oh, I didn't know I needed to pay myself first, or I didn't know I should be diversified, or I didn't realize I should have cash and a smart place to take money. They just don't want to face it and they don't want to talk about it. Matt, when you asked me before about a story, I thought you were going in a slightly different direction, but this to me is leadership, right? And I'll tell you what, one of the advisors on our team, his name is Eric Sarowski. We do a internal newsletter, right, within the organization, just an update on kind of what's going on and celebrate birthdays and successes and, and successes with clients. And while we never use names or anything, Eric wrote an article for our newsletter this past week or this past month, a, a couple of weeks ago, actually now. And I'll give you kind of the, the gist of the article, right? Clients of Eric's, and he, he, he was uh, tandem with another advisor in the office whose name is Phil. Eric and Phil were working with, I'll call them Mr. and Mrs. Smith together. And part of the financial planning process was part of our process as we talk about the what ifs. What if you die? What if you're disabled? So on, et cetera. And to make a very long story short, this particular client had a life insurance need. And the husband resisted heavily life insurance. Hmm. Didn't want another expense, didn't want to spend the money, he would be okay, et cetera, et cetera. So you know where this saying is going, where this story is going. About two years later, Mr. Smith passed away. Eric and Phil's influence got Mr. Smith to buy life insurance, about $4 million worth of life insurance, which is what Mr. Smith actually needed. Eric said in in his article that he wrote that he'll never forget the call he got from Mrs. Smith. And Mrs. Smith called Eric and said, I wanted to let you know that my husband passed away a few days ago. And she asked Eric one question. And the question was, will I be okay? And Eric's answer, Matt, was one word. Yes. That was it. So I could tell you I'm getting chills telling that story. And when I think about what we do for a living, that's the certainty of uncertainty. That's what a good financial advisor actually does. And without Eric and Phil, Mr. and Mrs. Smith don't have life insurance. Mrs. Smith wouldn't be as in as good of a situation as she is today. And quite frankly, if Eric and Phil didn't have leadership skills, the easy thing to say to Mr. Smith was okay. Well, I mentioned it to you if you want to think about it and talk about it some other time, but they spent hours influencing, explaining, coming up with a solution so that Mr. Smith would ultimately act. And that's what we do, Matt. 
that's what a good financial advisor does. One of the things that I could share, and I'm just sharing with you, Matt, like I said, I've been at it for over a quarter of a century. 23 years ago, when I was two years in the business, I don't know that I would have been good enough or that Eric would have been good enough or Phil to influence Mr. Smith to make that decision, but he is today. Yeah. The better advisors and I hope all financial advisors do that. There's plenty of clients out there for every financial advisor to help, but there is more to financial planning and there is more to what a financial advisor does than just managing an investment portfolio. In an earlier podcast, you used a term, a descriptive term uh, that I've heard other advisors use in the past, but now that I'm learning about this leadership component of who you are and what you do for your clients. As we wrap up today, how does that apply to everything that we've talked about so far in today's podcast? Yeah, If you're our client, Matt, and there's something, whether it be financial or not financial for that matter, that you have on your mind, we want to be the first call. So we want to be a resource broker. One of the things, and again, we've scaled a large company and we've got lots of relationships with other professionals. So we've got 80 plus people in our organization and we truly do try to bring in team members that have different skill sets. We have an insurance specialist on staff, so on, et cetera. We work with dozens and dozens of CPA firms, estate planning firms, business attorneys. So why we don't have the answer to every question, I'm not a CPA. I don't give tax advice. I can introduce a client to three CPAs to find the right one for that particular client. We also have a stable of divorce attorneys that we can recommend, estate planning, et cetera. Just like a business doesn't make a decision, without the CFO as it relates to their personal finances. We want our clients to think of us the same way, as insignificant as the decision is. We love when clients call us and say, hey, I'm thinking about refinancing my mortgage. Well, you can just call a mortgage broker to do that, right? We'll help with the analysis. We get to do that for dozens and dozens of clients or hundreds firm-wide. Mr. and Mrs. Smith have only refinanced a mortgage once in their life. The best way to describe it is we want to be your first call. Just like my story, right? The first person they called was Eric to say, will I be okay? Part of being a true leader is a level of humility. And I think one of the greatest humbling statements is one you just made there, which is you don't know everything. So you're going to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you in their specific area of expertise. And I don't necessarily think that's normal either, right? I think a lot of advisors, one of the things that makes them great advisors is their desire for education and control. But that doesn't mean that they're controlling in the areas that they should be, which is why having a well-rounded team as you do makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think, Matt, even more so, it's good to know that you don't know everything, but most people don't know what they don't know. Yeah, That's a saying I say a lot, which is, hey, you don't know what you don't know. The reality of it is, I think you're exactly right. Surround yourself with people smarter than you. Get more than goes back to, why do we have two advisors in most of our client meetings? Two different people are gonna view things different ways. The thing I always tell prospects and clients is that financial planning is not a science. It's an art. There's not a right or wrong way to do it. If you meet with three different financial advisors, 
I promise you they will come back with three very different solution sets for your situation. So the more brain trust you can bring in and the more professionals that can see each and every angle, the better serve you'll be as the client. And for those of you who either just joined us on episode four of this podcast, or if you've been listening since the beginning, you don't know what you don't know, and that's why you should be subscribing to the podcast, right? There's going to be so many wonderful things that you have epiphanies by listening to explanations of what it can be like and the sort of education that John wants to do with this podcast. And if you're really, really looking at the idea of, of really what this podcast title is, which is planning for the certainty of uncertainty, part of uncertainty is not knowing. And we're going to try to do our best here with the podcast to provide you with as much education as we can so that you can start feeling more certain about the uncertain aspects of your life. John, thank you very much and appreciate everything that you shared today. And thanks for being on the show. Well said, Matt. I thought we were good today. You and I are getting the hang of this, huh? Hey, you know what? Hey, this is a pretty good run rate. We're doing all right, my friend. For everybody at Cut and Wealth Management and all of us here, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. Thank you for listening to Planning for the Certainty of Uncertainty podcast with Jonathan Cutton, Private Wealth Advisor, 2019 Barron's Hall of Fame Advisor, 2022 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisor. Cutton Wealth Management offers comprehensive financial advice and a broad range of solutions to help you and your loved ones live brilliantly now and in the future. Have questions? Contact us at cuttonwealthmanagement at ampf.com or give us a call at 800 800- Four four five four five nine five. Don't forget to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast provides general information, is not intended to provide investment advice, and does not account for individual investor circumstances. Investment decisions should always be made based on an investor's specific circumstances. Neither past performance nor any forecast guarantees future results. Investment products are not insured by the FDIC, NUCA, or any federal agency, are not deposits or obligations of or guaranteed by any financial institution, and involve investment risks, including possible loss of principal and fluctuation in value. Ameriprise Financial does not offer tax or legal advice. Consult your tax advisor or attorney. Ameriprise Financial has not reviewed and does not endorse any other podcast channel or material. Barron's Hall of Fame advisors have been ranked for 10 or more years on one of the following lists. Barron's Top 100 Financial Advisors, Barron's Top 100 Women Financial Advisors, or Barron's Top 100 Independent Financial Advisors. Barron's generates its rankings from a formulaic analysis of surveys answered by candidates regarding assets, revenue, and quality of practice, including an advisor's regulatory and compliance record. Barron's is a registered trademark of Dow Jones LP, all rights reserved. This award is not indicative of the advisor's future performance. Neither Ameriprise Financial nor its advisors pay a fee to Barron's in exchange for the ranking. The Forbes Top Women, Best in State Women, and Best in State Wealth Advisor ratings are developed by Shook Research and are created using an algorithm that includes both qualitative in-person virtual and telephone due diligence meetings, client impact, industry experience, review of best practices, and compliance records and firm nominations. And quantitative, assets under management and revenue generated for their firm's data. Certain awards include demographic component to qualify.
Investment performance is not a criterion because the client objectives and risk tolerances vary, and advisors rarely have audited performance reports. These rankings are based on the opinions of Shook Research LLC and are not indicative of future performance or representative of any one client's experience and are based on data from the previous calendar year. Forbes Magazine and Shook Research do not receive compensation in exchange for the placement on the ranking. For more information, go to www.shookresearch.com. Shook is a registered trademark of Shook Research LLC. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise financial advisors are individually registered to do business only in certain U.S. states. Please refer to an advisor's personal website for additional details. Certified Financial Board of Standards, Inc. owns the Certification Marks CFP Certified Financial Planner and CFP Certification Mark with plaque design logo in the United States. The views expressed in this podcast are those of Jonathan Cutton as of June 3rd, 2021, based on market conditions on that date. Actual analysis and decisions made by Ameriprise Financial Services and its affiliates may not reflect these views.